Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of My Darkest Hour. It's great to be here. Good to see you guys out there. Um, as we're moving along, we're talking about the Paracon. Don't forget the Paracon is coming up at the Majestic Ventura Theater on June 3rd and 4th. Uh, a lot of new people that are joining us even this week. we got more people coming in, so we'll be talking a little bit more to them throughout the next couple of weeks. Uh, make sure you go to Ticket uh, Web and you can get your tickets to be a part of this amazing event. So moving right along, tonight my guest is a longtime friend, uh, been on the show when it was just the regular streaming radio show, uh, first time being on the actual video podcast, glad to have him here. Uh, the person I'm talking about is, of course, Mr. Mark Christopher Nelson, uh, world-famous psychic medium who you guys all know and love very much. He's been like, uh, a brother to me and a family member to many of us out there in the field. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his story, how he got involved with the paranormal, of course, for those who don't know him. For those who do know him, we're going to be catching up with Mark because Mark has relocated to another part of the world and finding out a little bit more about how things are going with that. So let's go ahead and uh, bring him on the show and get this party started. Hey, Mark how are, you? How are you, buddy? I am doing good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, like I was just telling everybody, you know, you've been on the show uh, a bunch of times. You and I have worked together in the paranormal field for years and years and years now, and it's it's been a great pleasure. Um, like I said, you're 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 like a brother to me, and, and you and Barbara are always part of the family, regardless how far you guys move away from me. Well, that's, that was, I, to be honest, you guys, uh, you, and, and I mean, you, and then the rest of our, our Pacific Coast Paranormal team, uh, we miss you guys more than almost anything. I love my mom. She comes to visit. Hopefully, we'll get you guys to come out. But um, we, we made the move to be closer to uh, daughter and her family, and um, just for a lot of other reasons. But we're having fun. We're exploring different parts of the, the, the country. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Barbara and I moved to the Charlotte area, and we are um, basically starting to do investigating out here. Uh, we've been to, uh, let's see, Charleston. We've been to Savannah, and those have been kind of some, and also to uh, what is uh, Wilmington. So there's a lot, there's a lot of history, a lot of fun places to go and see, and we're having a blast checking it out. But uh, I'm looking forward to the Paracon very much. Thank you. We're looking forward to seeing you. I haven't seen you in a while. seems like it's been years. I know it hasn't been that long yet, but it's like, man, where's Mark and Barb? I miss those guys. I know. I'm, I'm telling you. It's like we, we always have fun. Uh, Stefan and I and Barb and the rest of the team have gone and done some of the, my, my most memorable investigations. The Majestic is a fantastic place all by itself. That's a destination <laughs> that is worth exploring. It's funny because we're talking about that. And uh, as I was doing the promos for the past few weeks, there's so much footage of you at, at the theater walking around and stuff. We're just catching so many things room to room. Uh, people are like, did anybody else investigate there too? It's like, yeah. But Mark just happens to have a lot of good things happening around him. It's the energy, the vibe. I don't know. They, they're drawn to you. They like to communicate with you. You're a cool guy. So it's, it just makes sense that with us at Pacific Coast Paranormal, uh, we've always had that that ability to have you go out there and just kind of talk to the spirits. And they say they like you and they talk to you and they tell us what's up. So that's fantastic. Well, Stefan, one thing I will say is that um, I, I, I agree, brother from another mother. Um, I feel like that when we work together, we play together. Also, too, I think spirit um, recognizes that the two of us and then uh, Barbara and, and the rest of our great team, we bring a lot of, I think, open, I mean, uh, friendly energy to whoever it is that happens to be there. The other thing, too, is I've always equated it to being, uh, imagine going to a foreign country where uh, you don't hear, no one speaks your language. And then you hear someone speak your language and you, you're drawn to them and say, hey, who are you? Well, I think that's kind of like what happens on, uh, for people in spirit. When they recognize that, say, you and, and I and other of our friends 
can connect with them and, and reach out and, and form a, a bit of a bond or hear what they have to say, experience their messages. I think that they were drawn to us for that reason. Absolutely. And, and I say that to a lot of people, you know, you want to go out to these places and try to have fun. Uh, I see a lot of paranormal investigators and people in, in the field going out and just, you know, I don't know if it's because they're new or whatever, but they just come off so serious. Oh, amen. Like that. And, and ghosts don't want that. They, they're, they're there all the time. They're like, oh, dude, not one of these guys. I but do. if we go in there and we're having fun, we're talking about good times, we're playing their music of their era and stuff, they're just going to like, oh, these guys are cool. Let's hang out with them. Let's see what they're up to. You know? it's, the, it's the difference. You got you to gotta be wanting to be someone that they want to hang out with. Completely. And and I try not to treat it like I'm at a funeral or something. Um, I want to play. You know, it's like we, I can't help it. I mean, you know me. I'm always, I like to goof around. I like to play a little bit. And to your point, I do think that they respond to that. Uh, also, too, when we're having honest uh, interactions. And, I, and while the equipment is really important, I think the engagement is uh, very important as well. How you engage with spirit, how you interact with them, uh, to your point. That energy attracts them. They want to see what they want to see what's going on. They're they're conscious beings. They haven't stopped being conscious. They still think. They still react. Uh, and and when they see us doing something, playing, talking, interacting, asking good questions, uh, listening, and giving them a chance to respond, they they absolutely show up. And I would I would hope that other people who are learning to investigate. They, they recognize that they are dealing with conscious beings, people in spirit, and that um, they, you know, they need to be heard too, and they have things that they want. And if you can help facilitate some of that, then you're going to have a better investigation, more responses, more evidence. Totally agree. You know, and, and for those who are watching, for those who are getting into the paranormal field, um, that's exactly the, the thing. Don't go in there and, and try to get down to business. Don't try to go in there and telling the ghost what you want them to do. It's just like anybody else. Once you go into that room and the spirits are in there, they're going to watch you and they're going to decide if they're going to hang out with you or not. Yep. I hear people talk about the McKay Mansion in Virginia City, and they get it. It's a cool place. And everyone, a lot of people say, oh, there's something hanging out in the garden area when we come to investigate, so we're going to investigate out there. Well, that thing was probably in the house and didn't want to hang out with you. That's why it's in the garden area. It's trying to wait for <laughs> you guys leaving. Or if you find spirits in the closets, they're hiding out because they don't want you to find them because they're waiting for you to go because you totally are no fun. But if you are oh. fun, they're going to draw. You're going to come out. They're going to want to party yeah. with you, and you're going to have a good time. We will be the trigger items. We're going to be what triggers them to come our way. You know. That's right. Party and that's, and that's, that's the way it goes. That's the way it is. And also, too, I think that um, I, I have to believe that some of them recognize that, okay, someone is more legit than someone else. Someone knows what they're doing. Someone isn't going to talk over. I mean, if Stefan and I will try not to do this tonight, but if I talked over you all the time, wouldn't you just say, oh, to hell with it. I'm not going to, what's the point? I'm not getting a word in edgewise, you know? And and, and that's true. You gotta get, Ask a question and give them a chance to talk. They'll be like, so why are you here? What's your name? What color is it? You know, what, what was your car? Hey, why are you still here? It's like, dude. But the first question I have to ask is, yeah, it's like you go to a party and then someone just never shuts up. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna go find someone else. This sucks, you know. Absolutely. And they have the time and also to the experience that maybe some of us don't have in, in interacting with people who are searching them out, trying to find someone, trying to communicate. Uh, also, too. Just as like you meet people in your daily life, some are you connect with, some you don't. Some are victims, some are perps, so to speak. And you have to um, recognize who you're dealing with and, and treat them appropriately. If there's a, a difficult negative spirit, you have to you know, present yourself as, as a person of authority who won't be pushed around. But if you're dealing with someone who was victimized, who was hurt, who's confused, um, you try to be a little more, you try to be kind, you try to be available to talk to them because they may have a very important message that they want to convey. And if 
and and you have to let them convey it. Exactly. That's that's the important thing. The intention of what you're trying to do. You know, they they pick up on that. It's, not just, it's just not. They're just not listening to you and and looking at you. They're they're experiencing your emotions, what you got going on. They're they're totally linked with you. Okay. So you can't really sugarcoat or cover up anything. They know exactly what's going on. That's why, like you know, when we do electronic voice phenomena, I I love it when you know you give them a chance, and all of a sudden you're getting good responses. And or even if you're using an EMF meter and you're asking questions and you're being respectful, I I always say thank you, thank you for responding, thank you for being there, just as if you were walking into someone's home for the first time and you said thank you for allowing us to come. I mean, you just don't walk in and act like you own the place because. Again, they have a choice of whether they want to interact with you or not. That's true. That's true. All right, Mark, for the people who are just getting to know you for the first time, uh, as always, can you start with the story about how you discovered your abilities and how you got involved in the paranormal? Absolutely. Well, you. you jumped in pretty early into my experience doing all of this. But um, I started out not really, I mean, and in truth, when I was a kid, I had a, a very powerful experience. My father died very young and very suddenly. And then not long after his funeral, when I was 11 years old, I saw him visiting me when I'm, uh, we still live in the East Coast in New Jersey. And I'm raking leaves, trying to get over it about a month after his passing, trying to act, nor act normal. Uh, I see my dad looking at me and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm 11 years old. I'm a kid and I'm losing my mind. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to react to it. I was raised Catholic. The priests tell you, kneel, stand, do this, do this. You know, so I'm used to like following spiritual directions. This was outside that. And so um, I, I recognized it was my dad. Uh, I recognized that I, I didn't think I was losing my mind, but I was just like, dad, please, I, I don't know what to do. Please leave me alone. I don't, I was like, ah. And so he did. Oh. And, and then another time at school, I'm looking out a window and because I was a little daydreamer and I figured out later I daydream because I'm getting messages from spirit or I have an extra TV to look at in my head. You know, it's like I got an extra channel and I look out the window and I see my dad and I'm just thinking, am I imagining this or am I really seeing him? And I told him, please go away. I, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to, re this is at a time when people we're not talking so much about psychic work. It was, you know, they didn't understand it. They didn't understand kids who were psychic. So I just kind of stumbled along. Flash forward, I'm 20-something uh, years. I'm, I'm married. Uh, we have a little girl. We bought a new home. You know, life is happening. We're, Barb and I and, and our daughter, Katie, have, have, are out trying to create a life like everybody, like most of us. We're all trying to create something that's meaningful to each and every one of us. But I'm taking this walk and I'm just thinking, I wish my dad could have met Barbara. He would have loved her or Katie's. I'd like him to know where I am. And then I started to hear this voice telling me I have met them. I have seen them. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this what is am I having? Is this happening again? Is this what schizophrenia looks like? Am I easing in sideways into schizophrenia? You know, it's like, holy, holy shit. You know, what is this? And so I, I basically tell this voice in my head, well, if you really are, and, and I thought it was my dad. I had a very strong sense of father, dad next to me. And I'm out walking just to kind of clear my head after a busy day of work as a writer when I'm not doing my psychic work or going out and having a blast with you. And um, uh, this voice says, all right, I am your dad. Um, and I'm like, all right, tell me something I don't know. Give me some evidence. Even back then, it's like, I want a little evidence. Let's get something I can work with. And he says, your brother, Glenn, is surrounded by green ivy and white walls. It's like, all right, that's kind of like spy talk. I don't know what the heck that means. So I call my mom and I say, mom, I had a dream about Glenn. And Glenn is working in a place with uh, green ivy and white walls. Does that make any sense to you? And she's like, well, actually, yes, it does. He just got a job working at a, a floral shop called Green Ivy. And so, oh, really? Okay. So it's like, okay, I got to remember, how did I do this? How did this happen? So um, I take other walks and I start getting better at listening to this 
voice in my head. Again, I'm not prepping. I'm not doing anything. I didn't know anything about meditating. I'm just kind of stumbling around hearing a voice that's kind of pursuing me. And so uh, I get better at it. I get more messages. And then I wonder, is this just about me and my dad or can I hear other people? I go into this little psychic bookstore uh, in a little town where we live. And I basically go in and say, I think I'm psychic. Can I try reading someone? And the manager says, read me. All right, I'll, I'll read you. And then I started to see these pictures of like a teenager that had gotten into like a serious fight to the point where he was like laid up and injured and bruised. And I said, do you, I'm seeing like a young guy in his teens connected to you. And this is a woman in her 40s or something like that. And I said, he's, um, it looks like he's being taken care of because he was badly beat up. And I think that's your dad with him. She says, um, that's all true. That did happen. How would you like to work for me? It was just kind of like, I auditioned. Oh, okay. So now I'm auditioning. All right, now it works. And then, uh, so that's when I really had to figure out how do I do this on a regular basis? It isn't just like getting hit by lightning. Now I have to learn how to develop my own process. How do I do this on, on time and in a scheduled way that is uh, true to how I work? And I develop my own process and then in, in a way as i went i realized i needed not a lot of things i mean i still light a candle i still do i meditate because meditating was one of the things that helped me kind of um get rid of the static in my head you know it's like we all and what i mean by static um the things you worry about during the day at work that i pay the bills what do i want for dinner i just kind of i have learned to compartmentalize that set that aside so that i can um, be completely present when I'm doing this work. That's what I would encourage everybody. You can't be, you know, playing with your phone, you know, looking at, you know, thinking about where you want to go to dinner after the investigation, you know, chit-chatting mm -hmm. with friends, jokes. That's not how this works. So uh, I ended up doing this kind of work. I started sitting with people, and then I realized, I wonder if I could do this without being in front of them. Again, I'm just like walking along trying to figure this out. I took, uh, I took, I was in one development circle for a little while, good people, but they weren't really helping me develop my skills. I do think that they are useful. I do think some de uh, psychic development circles are great. In fact, you know, I just felt like I was already to a point where I didn't think I, had I met them sooner, it might've been really great for me. So I'm grateful for those people that, that, you know, helped me along. But then, I realized I don't need to, I can do this on the phone. And I realized I can, you know, I don't have to hold things. I also, in the process, out of like just trying to figure it out, I started to do something called psychometry, where I pick up a ring, hey, you're wearing a ring or your watch, can I hold that just to see what I get? I saw Kenny Kingston do this. Kenny Kingston was a uh, phenomenal psychic medium in the Los Angeles area best known for working with Marilyn Monroe and other celebrities. I had the good fortune to work with him, to do some seances, and to get kind of up-close um, instruction on how to do psychometry. So, Kenny, if you're listening, thank you. I appreciate you. And, and then we ended up doing seances, and I was just like, this is way cool. So, um, and then I'm doing, I started to realize, I wonder if I could read for, more than one person at a time. So I got on a platform. I volunteered to do platform reading. For those who aren't aware, platform is when you've got uh, anywhere from, you know, five to 500 or 800 people. And I recognized that I could get in front of all of these people and just kind of like stay relaxed and focus. And I started to be able to pick up those messages. Well, at a certain point, um, I met you through someone and they, they were, the message for me was, do you think you can go into a haunted uh, or a home with history or a uh, energy and pick up something there? I was like, I think so. I don't know. Let's give it a try. And so as you can tell, I kind of just fell, I kept doing face plants forward into my psychic development. It's like, I don't know. Let me give it a shot. Let me give it a try. And that's, I, I, I mean, it would be better if I had someone who could show me, but I didn't know anybody like that. So I kind of, I, I very much self-taught, but then 
when I worked with you, I, I learned some techniques. I learned how to um, handle myself in an environment uh, as the kind that you and I discussed earlier. And it's been a great experience. And so now, like for fun, Barbara and I will go out and we'll go places and, and see what we can, who, who shows up and what they have to say. And how can I be of service to them? And that's kind of it. And, and then I started to get a chance to do some TV shows. You know, um, I'm working right now with a couple of producers that read from, I read for them independently, not knowing, you know, that they're just other clients. So I read for them. Um, and they both, we ended up, you know, creating a, a contract. And now we're out exploring to see what happens. But even before that, I had the good fortune to participate in uh, Ghost Hunters, um, uh, Haunted History, um, uh, what is it, Ghost Adventures, um, and you and I did Paranormal Witness, and then I had other people. I, I mean, in any case, I'm very fortunate, very blessed that people found what I had to do to be credible and useful. And so I'm very, and then Barbara, my wife of over 30 years, she she didn't run away when I told her, oh, by the way, I see dead people. Is that a problem? You know, that's kind of a lot to ask your spouse. You know, it's like, hey, pass the catch up. And by the way, I'm seeing dead people. Is that a problem? You know, it's, and she's like, well, no, it's not a problem. It's okay. And so she recognized that I just wasn't going off the deep end. So there you have it more or less and now i'll give you a word edge wise <laughs> that's funny you know and that's all great stuff you know the story about you experiencing these experiences and not really sure what direction it is and i and i hear that from a lot of people uh who are psychic i always ask that question and how did it all start a lot of them started seeing little things their kids yeah. You know, and, and, and that's one of those things that we always talk about, you know, when parents are hearing their kids talking about their playhood friends or, or, or Mr. Whoever is hanging out in the yard and it's very nice. Um, they could be talking to somebody. It could be that could be the beginning of something. They're seeing something, experience something that you're not. Mm -hmm. The parents are just not on that wavelength at that time when kids are. Mm -hmm. So I think you experiencing that, recognizing that, and you like you said, there wasn't anybody to really go to to take, you know, psychic medium classes. That wasn't a, a thing at the time. Yeah. So you kind of have to put yourself out there and test yourself. You never know. Mm -hmm. You don't. Uh, I've done that kind of stuff to try things out in the past too. It's like, oh, this works. Oh, this doesn't work. Okay, you know, just finding out what, what direction you can really go in. And it's funny to hear you say that now because you've been an inspiration to other psychic mediums that I know personally. I say, you know, I love working with Mark Nelson. You know, every time I'm around him, I learn something new, uh, and it really helps them. So you're one of the people taking that spot that you were looking for. You are now that person. So well, it's kind of I'm a circle thing. I'm honored. Well, I know that that you and I have had a chance to work with some great people. So, and I and I feel like I, I if you're open, you check your put your ego out the door. And you just try to, you know, go play and see what happens. Um, you know, it, it's, it makes it rewarding and interesting. And the idea too, that anyone who thinks that they're the consummate expert has probably got an ego that is getting in the way. And so you just, I mean, it, I, I equate this kind of like singing. I'm sure Stefan in, in your line of work, you've met a lot of great singers and they have different qualities and, and timbres mm. and methods. And uh, however they get there, I think the really good ones, um, they they probably pick things up from other people and, and try it out and see what works for them. And that's what I would recommend to people who are exploring their own ability. Um, one thing I would say, too, is that in, in all truth, um, try to protect yourself because not all energy, not all spirits are all happy, happy. Some of them want to um, control you and influence you in negative ways. Um, take you off of where you should be. Um, I, I've dealt with uh, a few spirits that were frankly oppressive, trying to oppress you. There's um, oppression is a step down from possession. 
And I imagine that you, you know, Stefan, you could speak to that more effectively than me. But uh, I've had them, you know, some spirits. It isn't just like touching you or, or you know, you see something or feel something. It's when they get in your head and you take them home. And all of a sudden you realize that I'm not behaving normally. This isn't how I normally am. Where was I? Oh, we were in a house where there was a serial killer. And the serial killer followed us home. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I should respond to that by by protecting myself in a spiritual sense. And uh, I'm sure that you've been some, we both have been to places where there's some dark energy that you need to fend off. You need to be conscious of it and to protect yourself. Absolutely. And I say it all the time, you know, that protection is very important. Protect yourself before you're going into a location. After that, coming out of the location, ground yourself again. You have to set boundaries. Yes. Intention. You got to go in there saying, hey, I'm coming to visit. I'm visiting. I'm not coming to take anybody home. When you leave, <laughs> I'm coming home. Don't get in the car. You're staying here. I'll come back and visit you another time and we'll have some more fun. But I'm going to go home and get some rest now. You stay here. You get some rest now. So, you know, because that's the thing. If you're going there and you're showing that you're super cool, um, like we do, these things want to hang out with you for a few days. I've I've taken things home before. And, I, and I've tried to set my boundaries, but I've I've taken things home before because they just thought it was cool to hang out with. They, they come to my house and they realize how boring it is, and then they leave. And... uh <laughs> And and this is one of those things, you know. I don't know. I, this is maybe you have a different opinion on this. I don't know. Uh, I don't have that many problems with um, spirits following me home, as, as far as humans go. But I have taken animals home. I took that a, a really big black cat came home with me from one of our locations, mm-hmm. and it was hanging out. Uh, me and and my roommate at the time both saw it. I saw it. I didn't say anything, and I said, "Oh, that's weird." And and he's over there on his laptop going, "He's all what? What are you talking about?" And I said, "Oh, I thought I saw something." And he goes, "Oh, he's talking about the big black cat." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I saw the corner of my eye too. I didn't. I wasn't sure, so I kind of blew it off. And it was a really big, old, long-haired black cat reaching out, kind of reach. You know, they they start climbing towards you, and they stop and get that big long stretch right before they get to you. I saw that. I, I totally believe it. I saw that coming at me, and I'm like, are you serious? And I look, and of course, it's gone. But he saw it, too. And uh, for the next couple of days, we're hearing things in the kitchen, like there's empty cans on the counter and, <laughs> and, and digging through the trash. I'm like, what's going on? But that it was being a cat in the afterlife just as, just as well, you know. Well, and I mentioned it at a barbecue where the client was there. I'm like, oh, that sounds like Fluffy. Fluffy passed away like two years ago. I'm like, oh, Fluffy's kicking back in my kitchen right now, knocking cans off the counter. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I got to tell you, Stefan, is I do reading. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I literally do readings for people around the world now. And um, animals show up. It's like, by the way, is there a cat? I've had, you know, and, and animals can provide valuable um, uh, affirmations or, or confirmations as to the fact that, you're dealing with someone. Um, they, they, they. I, I believe that animals teach us. They help us become better people because we have to be sensitive to their needs, um, and that um, they also they help us. I just they help us become better people. I also had a very interesting um, reading where a cat came through. This it was actually it was a family that had lost. I was reading for a, a mother and father. They had lost their um, daughter and I think she was like early 20s 21 something like that and so after she passed um, the family took her cat to, to take care of it I mean it helped remind them of her but they felt like it was the right thing to do and this cat um, the, the girl comes through and says by the way tell my parents that the cats are having they're coughing up a lot of fur balls and that they need to to give them a medication they need to help the cat not have all cough up all these fur balls and so it's very specific and kind of weird but it's like nothing too weird but i say by the way your daughter tells me that the cat is having a problem with fur balls and she's asking that you'll take care of it for her 
And that was very powerful for this family because they they recognize that um, one, their daughter is in the house in spirit and conscious. Um, and two, the daughter still cares and is able to communicate and express things about the cat that she loved. And so those those little validations, obscure, off the wall, kind of weird things, let let my clients and, and I think anyone that I get to work with know that they're really um, the people that they love are still there. They still come visit. Now, they're also not trapped, but they come to visit because, I mean, Stefan, you, you go to work during the day. Do you, do you ever stop missing your wife? Do you ever stop missing Arlene? No. You know, you go home, you see her. But what if, you know, like you lose someone? You, it doesn't mean you stop caring because you're not in their immediate company. It's not how it works. It's, and our animals love us too. You know, they, they, they get something out of it. We get something out of it. I also think too that many animals, not to go on and on about it, but they're intuitive. I mean, how many times do you feel like your cat is in your head? Your dog knows when the food is coming and your dog knows when you're going to show up and come home or whatever your pets are. They know, they show up, they're available. And, uh, and it's great. And it just goes to show that, that universal energy, universal communications, it goes beyond just our human species. And, and, and that, I think, makes it uh, really exciting. You know, I, I just found it exciting that we can talk at that level. I think I'm losing you. Oh, I coughed and I had a, I muted, I muted my mic and then I forgot to take it off. And also I look up and my thing's like, you're muted, you're muted, you're muted. It's like, oh yeah. So, so <laughs> look at it going, is, anyway. I'm trying something new, trying to see if I can, people can read lips and stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> now that you got your own podcast, as a, you know what I've learned is that reading lips on the radio is not very, not very entertaining. Yeah, people aren't doing it, especially driving somewhere and, you, and someone's like, like not saying anything. They're just lip syncing everything. Yeah. Um, what I was saying is the connection between humans and spirits of pets, you know, or just having pets in general. There's that living bond, and I believe there's that bond after the fact because we're all energy matter, and yeah. we spend that time together, we grow together, our, our spiritual tentacles kind of link, and mm -hmm. that together we're always friendly attached at, at, at some point we're all still feeding off each other's energy. and whether it's this world or the beyond uh, it's all it's all about that big connection between us oh i i, I agree and that i think that this it, it's like peeling the ultimate onion you keep figuring out how you can communicate with people on the other side of the world how um, you can use your dreams how you can be thinking of someone and then they call. I mean, it happens to me and my mom all the time. And she was, I was just thinking about you and here you are. It's like, Absolutely. Well, you know, that, that's, that happens, mom. That's just how it, how the world works. You know, it's and that is a connection between mother and child. That's when you're growing inside a person and then you're born out of that person, you've taken up all that energy, all that energy is encoded into you. So you've got a, that instant connector. My mom, the same thing. When something was wrong, she knew something was wrong. She would call me and ask me, hey, you all right? What's going on? It's like, what do you mean? I don't know. I just thought I'd check in on you. And it's like, yeah, right as I'm stressing out the, the perfect moment, she knows the call to make sure I'm all right. It's, it's do you still feel like you get messages from her? I got to think you do. You've, you've got that, that the ability. So. Oh, my mom, absolutely. It is. It's, uh, at first, when she passed, it was a lot. It was like nonstop. And then now she comes and does whatever when when I'm it's around the holidays, my birthday, or when I'm really thinking about her. It kind of it's that calling card coming. But I know it's always her when she shows up. So I can smell her perfume sometimes. I feel her when I'm driving because that used to be her car. She always wanted me to have new cars. It was new, and then when she passed, she wanted me to have it. So I feel her in there all the time. But I know it's her. <laughs> because I feel her presence and I feel somebody messing with my bald spot in the back. And that's usually her. Hey, I wasn't going to bring that up, by the way. I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I wear a hat, right? I've been doing yeah. it for a while now. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. But hey, it works for you. It works for you. 
Hey, I got a question for you. You've got all of those really cool guitars behind you. Do you ever catch any vibes off of them? I mean, I would like to think that something where you're working so hard and so connected to it. I mean, if you've bought a guitar that or, or have a guitar owned by someone else, do you ever feel anything connected with those? Uh, these guitars uh, haven't been owned by anybody else. These are all mine. Wow. Okay. Well, it's a great collection. It looks so cool behind I, Yeah. Hundred. There's so many. I've got 22 so far. You know, it's just one of those things. But it's an important thing I, I talk about with a lot of people. You know, uh, I go do a lot of recording and the studio or whoever's doing the recording has a rig set up for me and say, just come in, lay down your solos with this guitar, blah, blah, blah. We'll just hammer it out real quick. It, for me, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. For me, is the connection between me and my guitar. Mm -hmm. For me to get that solo precise and the quality, me and this thing have to have a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I tell that to them. Well, your guitars are awesome. They're great guitars. But my guitar knows me. It knows what I'm going to do. I know how to make it do it the mm -hmm. way I want it to go. Mm -hmm. We've had this connection together. You know, it might not be as high quality as their guitars, but this is the guitar I need because we have that bond. Mm -hmm. If somebody hands me a guitar off the, off the, off the shelf, they hear it. It's like it's it's a cold piece of wood, and I don't know. I don't. It's like a, holding a stranger. Sure, sure. So I know for me, my energy is in there. Me and this piece of wood, which is organic matter, have kind of, kind of bind our energies. Our, our auras are mixing, we're touching. You know, we're have we're in a serious relationship, and we're making it happen. Um, I I do play other people's guitars, and I can feel their a little bit of their presence in it. You know, like you're saying, sure, sure. big. Uh, 1975 Gibson Les Pauls with all the, you know, you think people have had these things for years and you can just feel it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you you can dig into it and it feels really good and comfortable, like it's had a great life experience uh -huh. and you feel that goodness. So it's, a, it's that's a whole other thing. We could do a show on that. Psychic guitar. <laughs> that's a good idea. But guitar yeah. riffing, a different kind of riffing on guitars with a spiritual <laughs> energy to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I totally, people ask me like, oh, Ouija boards, do you think they're dangerous or do you think there's something to it? And well, well, there's something to it. They go, no, it's not. It's just a piece of wood that blah, 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 blah. And I'll hold on. It's a piece of wood. It's an organic material. Like everything around us, everything looks like it's solid, all these guitars, everything. But if you really look at it closely, it's atoms and molecules and nucleuses. It's all this matter condensed together to create this solid object, which is, it sounds crazy, but when you break down the mathematics of everything, nothing is really solid. It's kind of, kind of an illusion, so to speak. So it's all energy matter. So when oh. people have a piece of wood, which is organic, and they've got their energy and they're focusing and, you know, people don't realize when you're concentrating on something, you're actually sending like a beam of energy down, focus point, mm -hmm. focus point. And it all goes back to intention. What's my intent? I am sending my energy to this. If something's here, I'm, I'm doing this. The plant is starting to move because of the energy matter between you and whatever spirit energy you're picking up. I totally well, believe that that energy can stay inside the board. It can be there because now it's linked with all that energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you're talking about quantum mechanics. As, yeah. which is subatomic physics. And the idea is that if you look at something closely enough, closely enough, close enough, um, to your point, things vibrate, it's energy. And I think that, you know, this is part of why I think um, for, for me, um, the psychometry works. I think that essentially, Stefan, you're imprinting your energy on your guitars, on, the, on a watch you wear, on a ring you might wear. I think that it, it's where oh, if you believe that we're energy and you believe that our energy is, I, I to, to be specific, I think our energy is an extension of our soul. Our, and that um, just as like you've seen um, aura photography, if you, if, you see, if you take see someone like, if you look at aura photography, there's a glow, there's an, something is emitting. To me, that, that is a signature of energy that goes beyond your physical 
skin. It, it radiates out. I believe that that energy imprints on the things you touch, where you live. That's another reason why I think that there are different kinds of spirits. Sometimes they're just imprints. You know, it's something that goes round and round because someone in life did the same thing, the same place every time. And that imprint to me is, um, it's what we get sometimes. It, it's that echo. Uh, I like to think of it as psychic DNA. You know, it's like you left a psychic DNA sample in an environment where you live for 30 years. There's just part of yeah. you there still, whether you can see it or, or acknowledge it. Someone who's sensitive to it or has the right equipment can pick it up. The same goes for a ring you wear. You know, it's like some people, you know, they lose a mom, a dad, a brother, uh, whoever, someone, uh, someone they love. They keep the ring because they tell me again and again, it feels good to wear my dad's ring around my neck on a chain. So, well, you know what? You're picking up, whether you really want to say it or not, you're picking up some of that loving energy from that, what might be considered simply an inanimate object. But you're picking up the vibe that he or she or whoever it was imprinted on that object. And I think that's why you feel good if you can't articulate why you feel good, you just do. And that's that's how I think that works. That's awesome. So let's uh, hold on. There goes my army of dogs. <laughs> Your wolf pack. <laughs> every show. At one point every show, they all start running out, going the same direction, barking for nothing. I mean, I guess it's nothing. They know more than I do because they have better sensibility than I do. There could be a bird flying by, and that could be very important to them. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, psychometry. That's something sure. you do that I don't see a whole lot of psychics doing, which I think is fascinating. Um, I've seen TV shows, and they used to call psychics like that. They call them touch nose or, or whatever, because uh -huh. they can touch something and they know it. So tell us about that. Well, um Sure. To me, it, it's a it's a tool of divination. Some people um, want to use um, tarot cards or a Ouija board or they or scrying. I, that didn't really resonate with me. It doesn't mean that those um, tools of divination are not legitimate. They can be just perfect for someone else. But I, I've kind of figured out that it's like for me, it's a sense of touch, and for whatever reason. However, I'm wired. I just felt um, as a, it was a great way for me to jump into someone's energy. Um, I started doing it more and more when I had to do, uh, I used to do parties. Maybe I'll do parties again. I don't know. But I would have like a lineup of people. And so I get five minutes with somebody and I got to keep it moving. And, you know, that was the, the drill. So someone, it's like, okay, sit down, give me your ring. Let me hold your watch. And then it's like, oh, and it became like a tuning fork, a way to kind of jump into their energy. And so I would listen, grab it and go, okay, just start talking. Don't go at it. And I would go as fast as I could. And that was like really good training. And if someone, it's almost like if you're not sure if it's going to work for you, I say, try it, jump in and, and don't, don't think too much. Just simply give what you get. That's what we do ultimately. Uh, but um, the way I think it works again is that I do think that if you buy that we're energetic beings, then just like, you know, you can um, record on, on, a, on a tape or a digital mat or a digital media, I think that we can record on the physical. Our, our, our body's energy, our, our soul's energy can imprint on the physical things around us. And so that's what I pick up on. And it, I'm telling you, it works. Um, one of my, the things that I really love doing is I'll put out, I'll ask people to come forward um, and I'll say, look, this is how it's going to work. You're going to, anyone in the audience that wants me to hold an object of theirs and to read it, put it on this table. I'm going to look the other way because I really don't want to see who belongs to what. It almost becomes a distraction because you, someone may be carrying something for someone else. And so um, it's usually a mad rush. People put all these things on a table, and then I come back to it, and then I just start looking around, and it's almost like I'm at an instant garage sale. You know, so I pick something up, and I start, I'll listen to it, and then I'll say, whoever owns this, 
blah, 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 blah. And then um, I'll say, who owns this? And then they'll, someone will raise their hand and I'll say, does that message resonate for you? Yes. Okay. I'm going to come to you in the audience. And I'm going to finish um, what I'm doing. And here's your reading. And, and sometimes it's, it's kind of hysterical. Like one of the first times I did this was on the Queen Mary. Um, somebody put a doll that looked like it was um, from like a Cracker Jacks box. It's kind of like a little sailor doll. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's like, I thought, that's really unusual. I'm going to pick up this little sailor doll. And he was like, I don't know, that big, something like that, maybe five inches tall. Looked like Cracker Jack, um, the, the sailor from the Cracker Jacks box. And I started saying, okay, this guy, I'm hearing is like, he's surrounded by love. He's surrounded by love. Why is he surrounded by love? And then oddly enough, about six women in the audience all started to crack up and laugh. And then it's like, okay, all right, I'm going to step out of what I'm doing. Why is it funny that when I say that this guy's surrounded by love? They said, well, uh, one of the women said, we all were taking turns stuffing the doll down our cleavage and taking pictures. <laughs> All right. That would be my time. He's surrounded by love. And it was, it was just really a funny validation, but I'll never forget it. It's like, God, this doll has been a lot. He's been around. This guy, he's like, anyway. So um, that was funny. And then, like, I, I, I've seen, like, people with, you know, they'll, like, this one big guy brought a little tiny skinny bracelet. And, um, well, I found out it was a little, a big guy that brought a little skinny bracelet and I pick up this like little cloth, little, look like a little girly thing. And I start reading on it and I see someone like hitting a home run, like softball, playing ball. It says, whoever is, owns this is like playing softball and they're, they're, they're kicking butt. And this great big guy gets up and it's like, oh, it doesn't really look like it fits you. And no, it's from my niece. I brought it. She's been playing softball with it and has been like on a tear playing baseball. Like, oh, that's cool. Well, here's what else I get for her. Blah, 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 blah. Here you go. Thank you very much. And so it's a fun, it's a great exercise. And also, too, um, if, I, if someone brings me something from someone who's crossed, I get messages that are relevant. That isn't just, I mean, sometimes it's just quick hits because I've got two minutes with you, three minutes. Other times when it's like, I need to take this, this is taking me somewhere. I mean, it literally will take me somewhere. Then I'll, I'll pay attention and say, this is what I'm getting. If you're looking at moving, this is by the way. And then it gets into like psychic stuff and medium stuff. Um, sometimes it's really about someone who um, lost a child and they bring something of theirs. Or it's more like, all right, this is today's reading is about you not doing blank, blank and blank. And so it's it's a great experience and it's a it's a way in it's a way into a reading and i highly recommend if people want to play um see if there's someone you know or trust that would let you hold an object and what's cool sometimes is when uh, they bring you uh, something to belong to someone else and in which case you know it they're they don't know you're helping them it isn't all about validations it's helping you figure something out um, I, someone actually brought me a knife they found. Mm. Um, this is a, 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 a very nice lady. She found, here's the, in a nutshell, she was out hiking around Spawn Ranch up in the San Fernando, north end of the San Fernando Valley. Spawn uh, Ranch. Yeah, an area where, uh, Charles Manson had mm -hmm. used to hang out. And she was up there with her dog, just kind of running around. And she sees this kind of weird looking tuft of clothing sticking out of the ground. And she was like, that, that seems like it doesn't belong there. She pulls on this fabric and what comes out with it is a, a knife and uh, in a sock. It was like, first it was like, and then this, she was like, oh, what's that on the sock? She found a finger bone and a knife and a bloody sock. At the, at the spawn ranch. And so she wow. asked, that was kind of like, oh shit. All right. And so um, this lovely lady, Dawn, says, hey, do you want to hold this and see what you get? And then 
I started to get the name of a guy. Uh, uh, his it turns out his nickname was Shorty, but I got his given his birth name. I, it escapes me, but um, I'm hearing there's a guy. I, I, again, I don't remember his first name, but it turned out to belong. Um, I was describing someone that was killed and lost a finger at Spawn Ranch before he was killed. And that person turned out to be Shorty Shea, who was one of um, Manson's earliest victims. And so when you find a finger bone in a sock and a bloody knife, that was kind of peculiar. But um, I think that when I get these messages, I'm also supposed to help maybe this uh, Shorty have like the final word. It's like, this was me, this happened to me. And this is why, you know, uh, I, I I don't know how I get to these things or people bring them to me, but it turned out to be a very investing, an interesting piece. And it was kind of you know, pretty tragic and awful, but it was, uh, uh, I, I, I hope I gave and the, the thing is that you got to look at people in spirit as your clients, too. It isn't just the people that, you know, ask you to come and help me because I don't know what to do with this thing that's happening in the house. Sometimes, very often, it's the people in spirit that need help, too. And, you, and, and Stefan, you and I have helped people cross over, find peace, stop, um, stop doing what they're doing because they, they may not be happy where they are. They may not want to repeat. They may want to cross to the light. And they don't know what to do. And so specifically, you and I have done that on investigations. And those have been some great experiences. Absolutely. Um, and it's I say that a lot, too, when I'm talking about parental investigation. You know, it's not about just the people who are calling because they have that situation going on. You're also trying to help the spirit as well. So you're kind of like a counselor going in there, trying to mediate between the two, to look for that happy medium, finding out what's going on. If they don't need to be there, then how do you help them go to be where they need to be? Um, try to give that comfort zone to the client who's not understanding what's happening and going on. If the spirit doesn't want to leave, it's, it's all about building that happy medium where they can coexist, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the best that's you mentioned the thing about Spawn Ranch. That's you and I went to Spawn Ranch. That was that hike that almost killed me. Remember that? Yes, I do. It's like, oh, it's starting to be a nice day, and now it's a hundred friggin' degrees, and there isn't a, a, sh a bit of shade anywhere. And it was, was hot. And it's like yeah. you get caught off guard. That's that's actually a good thing. Tell people you're going somewhere to investigate, dress appropriately, bring a lot of water. Yes. Know? I got to the Manson Cave, and all I had to do was get up that hill, but that almost killed me getting to that point. It was incredible. It was tough. I'm glad that that was like the worst off I think I've ever seen you, frankly. Where it's like, <laughs> you got to lay out. I got to lay down. It's like, yeah. holy shit. here in this cactus for a minute. Give me a break. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. You got to catch your breath, so to speak, and get some, and not be dehydrated. Anyway. Yeah, that was, that was interesting, you know. But, but, and like you said, you know, you, Places like that, you can walk along and you get confronted by the spirits that used to linger there. Not only the Manson family or the victims, but like the people who used to work at the ranch. It was a big movie producing yeah. uh, area, I'm sure. You know, yeah. so you, you come across stuff like that. So real quick, so we only have like six minutes left. Tell me about um, what's coming up for you. What's on the horizon for you? What are you planning on getting into? Well, um, what we're looking forward to, I, I alluded to it early on, um, I created a, an entertainment company with these two producers who read for me independently. Um, they're interested in trying to get Barbara and me um, to do a show. And they actually have like a bunch of development deals. And, and any, all, there's a ton of people in the, in the paranormal world who've been down this road where it sounds like it's going to be great. You've been there. You know, you do something. And is it going to happen? I don't know. It'd be nice if it did. I'd like to think it will because I really like these people and they're doing interesting things. So there's that. I, I'm, um, I read for a, a publisher. And now this publisher is interested in, in having uh, me do a book or a couple of books. And so these are interesting things. And so um, 
I'm, I've got to figure out which one I can get to first. Uh, and, you know, these, these people are, um, these friends of mine are acting kind of like as managers as well. They're not officially managers, but in, in so many words, they're doing that for me. I'm very grateful. Um, Jeff, Jane, Rick, and also, um, my, my wonderful barber who's always there for me. So we're doing that. We're also planning on getting out, like we're finding out uh, just as like you, Stefan, know California and, and other places, uh, the Southwest, cool places to go. Uh, we're finding out like um, some of the coolest places to go in some of these old cities. We, we were in a place that was like one of the oldest, uh, most haunted, the most haunted bar in um, Charleston. And been around, I don't know, 150 years. Uh, we were in places. We went to the county jail that had been there since colonial times. Um, we we definitely got meters. We went to a place where they did all the hangings, which was basically a dirt parking lot. And right in the middle of it, and, all, and Barbara brought her EMF meter, and all of a sudden it's like bang, 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 bang. You know, and then it's like we're getting all of these reactions to questions, it's like. All right, this is pretty cool being out with uh, spirits that are 300, you know, been gone for 300 years. And uh, so we went to, uh, what is it? It was fun. I'll wrap it up. I know we're, we're coming up on time. We went to, um, it's called the Blind Tiger. We went to, which was a, a very cool bar. Go to it in, in Charleston. We went to the county jail, uh, Savannah, Georgia. We went to the Mercer House. Mm. where. Um, nice. The, that was the, uh, the location where the Garden of Good and Evil, um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I walk into the room and I said, I feel like standing over here. And then I asked the, the, the woman running the, 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 the tour, did the murder happen in this room? She goes, yeah, and you're standing right in the spot. It's like, oh, well, maybe that's why I kind of wanted to go up here and see that. But fascinating, cool place. And uh, maybe we can get you to come out this way. I would love it to get you on. I'd love to go out there and, and check all that out. That sounds amazing to me. It's really cool. Well, we'll when when you come out, we'll figure out some cool places for us all to go. Excellent. I'd love to do that. And hopefully I can, you know, we can plan a trip pretty soon. So I'd love to get back out there, you know, and, and check out that site. So much history and so many great places to go exploring. I'm sure we'd have a blast checking them all we out. Will. We always do. <laughs> Absolutely. So Real quick, if somebody wants to reach out and try to get a hold of you and ask you some questions, what would be the best way for them to do that? Okay, you can find me at marknelsonmedium.com. Marknelsonmedium.com. The majority of my clients will book right through my site. I have a booking calendar. It's easy to get a hold of me. Um, that's where I'm. you can find me. I'm, I'm not all that active in social media, but I now have to fix that. So now I'm getting more active in social media, and I will be doing it. But Easy way is just my name, Mark Nelson Medium.com, and you'll you'll read about me, you'll see what's going on, and that's where I am. Mark Nelson Medium, thank you so much. Mark, uh, like I said, you know, keep in touch, um, plan some stuff out. Hope to see you soon, of course. You know, Absolutely. looking for continuing our many, many adventures that, that we've had and continue to do. Uh, Make sure you give our love to Barb and uh, hope to uh, see her as well. And your daughter. Oh, thanks. I will. Absolutely. So we are going to have to wrap because that's the end of the show. But uh, thanks, Mark, for spending some time with us. And we will be talking to you soon, as always. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Stefan, be good, all right? And we will be in touch. Say hello. Give a hug to all of Pacific Coast Paranormal Buddies, all right? I will. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. And that's Mark Christopher Nelson, everybody, joining us here talking about uh, being psychic, being a psychic medium, how he started with that, the adventures that he has on uh, that. And, you know, once again, um, the whole thing about being uh, able to touch objects and to tell what's going on with that is a really, truly amazing gift. I love watching Mark do that every single time. Uh, so hopefully when we get the chance to see Mark again, maybe we can do something like that. Uh, maybe we can even plan something like that in the future so we can, might be able to do it um, 
on air. I don't know. We we always down to try something. So maybe we can get some objects out there and he can read them for us. Um, but until then, you have been watching My Darkest Hour. I am your host, Stefan Brigatti. And thank you for joining me. And thanks to everybody who's helping us. But on the show, I went live paranormal. Everybody at Blog Talks for the hosting it. And um, to you guys for tuning in every single week. If you guys need to get a hold of me or need to just let me know what's going on out there, you can reach me at mydarkesthourradio at gmail.com. That is mydarkesthourradio at gmail.com. And with that being said, this is the end of the show, and we will see you guys next time. 